Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. Well, guys, today we are starting a series called The Power of a Thankful Heart. And I want to warn you today that uh, the, the Bible's going to challenge you today. So turn and tell someone, say, get ready. Don't get mad. So get ready, but don't get mad. I know this, that there is an incredible power of a thankful heart that actually affects every area of your life, impacts you, helps you you see people the way that you're supposed to, helps you see God, helps you see yourself the way that God sees you. And so I'm going to be speaking from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 today. I'm going to talk about that this week and next week will be part two But every November when we come to our holiday season, I take a moment and I begin to thank God for the things that he's done in my life. And as I was preparing for this, this is the first thing, before I ever think of anything material, the first thing that comes from my heart to God is an expression of my great, deep gratitude, first to the Lord for saving my life, for laying his life down for me. Because I know me, and if you were honest, you know you. And if all of us were honest, you would know that you wouldn't die for you either if you really knew you. But the fact is Jesus did, and he did it anyway because he loves you. And that's, that's, that's a miracle in, its, in itself. And I'm so thankful as we come into this season. I'm a, I'm so, and I want to publicly express to my God, I'm so thankful that he saved me. I'm so thankful that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm so thankful that he gave me a purpose. I'm so thankful that he redeemed me. I'm so thankful that in my darkest of hour, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But also on the back end of thanking God, I thank God for you. I thank God for my church family. I thank God that I get to be a part of this amazing church and I get to see God. I get a front row seat of what God's doing in your life and and how you walk through things. And I get to be inspired by your tenacity. And I get, to be, I get to be able to be there to serve you in your darkest hour. And I'm grateful and thankful for you. And I, this morning, I just want to look at this verse that's incredibly challenging. It's incredible. Sometimes, you know, the Word of God is incredibly challenging. There are areas of it that, that are like, wow, inspires us. There are areas of it that go, wow, I can't do that. It's because you can't actually obey the word of God without the grace of God in your life. You can't do it. But God wants to meet us today as we make a decision, Lord, I want to do this, now help me. It's like the person that Jesus encountered and, 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 and Jesus wanted to heal. He says, Lord, I believe, now help me to believe. And that's what my prayer is for us today, that we would respond with faith. Yes, God, I want that, now help me to have that. I know this, that the word of God, as we obey it, it serves us well. As we, as we ask God to help us obey it, it serves us well. I don't know anybody in my journey of faith that said, you know what, I decided to obey the word of God, and on the other end of it, I was like, no, that didn't work for me. I've never heard that once. That's things Christians don't say. I obeyed the Bible, and it didn't work. Things Christians don't say. Because every time you make a decision, Lord, I'm going I'm to follow you, and I, I, I want to put this in my life and walk it out of my life. There is, there is a fruit that happens in our lives that changes us. It changes your life. It changes your relationships. 
And so this verse today, we're going to look at it and we're going to ask God to help us to obey it. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says this, rejoice always. Everybody say rejoice. Pray continually. Say pray. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now say give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. I think this is probably one of the most challenging verses in the Bible. It's such an incredible, important verse, though, because there's power in it. It says give thanks. That means to be a person of gratitude. It means to be a person of appreciation. It means to to give recognition. It means to praise. It means to give credit where credit is due. It means in everything, give thanks. And this is a big challenge to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I just, I want you to hear this for a moment. You're probably looking at this like, how is that possible? Well, I want you to look at it for a second. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances, thank God. But you give thanks in all circumstances. So we don't have to be thankful for bad things in our lives. We don't. The Bible doesn't say that. We don't have to be thankful for evil in the world. And there's a lot of evil in the world. The Bible doesn't say don't give, it doesn't say give thanks to God for evil. No, it doesn't. Everything that happens in the world, this is important for us to understand, is not God's will. It's not God's will. Even if you were to look at your life today and I was to look at mine, there are things that happen in my life that are not God's will. And most of the time, the things that aren't good are my will happening, not God's will. But that's why Jesus instructed us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven, God's will is always done. But on earth, that is not always the case. So for us, it's important as we begin to lean into this, and this is kind of the beginning to to create some parameters to this teaching today. We're not to to blame God for the evil in our lives. We're not to blame God for the evil in the world, but also we're not to thank God for it either. So the Bible doesn't say, say, say thanks to God for all circumstances. It says, give thanks to God in all circumstances. And there is a power behind this and I want to look at today. And there are reasons we can thank God in all circumstances. That just, just as we get into that, there are reasons to thank God. No matter what I'm facing, there's to know this God. I know, God, that you are in control. And I thank you for that. God, I know that you can bring good out of evil because what your, the scripture says that. I know that even the stupid mistakes I make, God, you can turn it around as I repent and realign my life. And I'm thankful for that. God, I know that, that I'm not going to live on this earth forever. This world is actually not my home. I'm just a passing through is what the old hymn says. I know that I'm going to heaven one day, and I'm going to spend eternity, but God, and I thank you for that. I know that I am eternally secure. I know that no matter what happens in my life, God, you're not going to stop loving me, and I'm thankful for that. Listen, I could go on with hundreds of things about what we could be thankful for in all circumstances, even when the circumstances are bad. 
But we do give thanks in all things. And so this, this challenge today is a challenge to, to obedience. It's a challenge of dying to our own flesh and saying, God, I'm going I'm to do my best to do this. And so I want to talk to you today about the power of a thankful heart. The power of a thankful heart. And I believe obedience to the word of God is powerful and an act of obedience to God's instructions gives ripple effects in every every area of our lives, in our relationships, in our workplace, in our mental health, in our spiritual health, in our physical health. Obedience to God's word has a ripple effect and it changes us. If I submit my will and my emotions and in every circumstance give thanks, what will happen? Number one, this is what will happen. It protects your heart from bitterness. This is a big, big deal. Now giving thanks in good circumstances, that's gratitude. Great. But giving thanks when times are tough, that's what protects your heart from bitterness. If we can grow in being thankful and having the attitude of thankfulness in every situation, no matter what happens. If you can say, God, I'm going to give you thanks in this situation. It will make you stronger. It will make you better. And it will protect you from bitterness. Every one of us here in this room, every one of us. And this this is a statement that hits every one of us. Every one of us in this room, we have an excuse to be bitter. Every one of us. Now, I didn't say you had a reason to, but every one of us has an excuse because we've all been hurt. We've all had difficulties. We've all experienced things that have happened to us that that went the way that we didn't want them to. We could get bitter, but all of us know this, that bitterness actually never has helped us. We've heard it said before that unforgiveness or bitterness is like drinking poison and, and, and expecting it to kill the other person. Unforgiveness, holding it against people. Many of us have hurts with people. Many of us have disappointments. Many of us have pains. Many of us have relational conflict. Many of us have things and pain in our lives that we rehearse in our minds over and over and over again. And the more we rehearse it, the more bitter that we become. I don't know if you've ever been there before where you have, you've had an argument with somebody in your mind and they weren't even there. You've said things to them and then they've said, think about it, this person that is not even in the room is saying things back to you in your head. Well, yeah, and then you say this and then, oh yeah, they say this. And before you're arguing with this imagination that's going crazy and at the end of it, you are even more ticked off than you were before. And they weren't even there. My encouragement to you as we close out this year You have two months left. Do not take unforgiveness or bitterness with you into the next year. Do not take a grudge or bitterness with you from this room today. Leave it in this room today. Whoever the grudge is against, the one you have resentfulness towards, whoever you haven't forgiven, God wants to help you let it go. God doesn't want us taking Yesterday's grudge into tomorrow because he has peace for you. He has wholeness for you. He has rest 
on the other side of forgiveness. And whoever has hurt you, whoever has harmed you, ask God to help you let it go. You need to forgive them, not because they deserve it. Listen, they don't deserve to be forgiven, but here's the reality, neither do you. The eyes of the Lord didn't go to and fro throughout the earth, seeking a heart that's truly deserving of his forgiveness. He just forgave you. The Bible says that once we were enemies with God. And while we were yet enemies, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He forgave us. Remember this. You will never have to forgive someone any more than Christ has forgiven you. And when your heart is thankful, it is soft, it is pliable. You can experience the life God has for you. A bitter heart keeps you from being led of the Lord in your life. A bitter heart only sees what's wrong. A bitter heart only looks for what to nitpick at. I've never heard in any marriage counseling I've ever done or books I've ever read. You know what really helped our marriage is when we started trying to find what we didn't like in the other person. It really helped us. We would have meetings and sit down and say, you know what? Here's my list of what I don't like about you. That never helped anyone. But you know what has transformed marriages? A couple that has made the decision, we're going to begin to affirm what I'm grateful about you, why I'm grateful for you. I'm so thankful that you do this. I'm thankful that you're this way. I'm thankful that you've been faithful. I'm thankful for all these. And all of a sudden, as you begin to list off what you're thankful for, it opens your heart up to be thankful for more things. Yeah, Jason, I, I, I can only think of one thing that's thankful. That's fine. Begin to be thankful for the one thing. And when you do, it softens your heart. And God's able to come into your marriage. Because remember, the, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. What that means, he's always pointing his finger at you and saying, you did this wrong, and you're doing this wrong, and you're doing that wrong, and you're doing this wrong. Why does he do that? Because it, 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 it causes us to shrivel and shrink back and not be what God's called us to be. And in so many relationships, we, the enemy doesn't even have to show up. You're doing it for him. Begin to speak life over the relationships in your life. Begin to speak of them. Begin in, in the quietness of your own room and you're with your friends or with you. Do not allow yourself to begin to speak evil about someone else. Begin to express how thankful you are. And if you choose to do that, it will protect your heart from bitterness. Amen? It can change your relationship. It's this idea that when you walk into a room, you, those who struggle with unforgiveness are those who find everything that's wrong in the room. Those who are always, I'm going to point out what I don't like. And those who walk with joy and peace and people you actually want to be around are those who are like, you know, oh, I like that shirt. That's really nice. Oh, look at those shoes. Hey, you know, I really appreciate the way that you spoke to that person I was watching. I'm so thankful for you. Guess what? People want to be around those people. Why? Because thankfulness softens a heart and allows you to walk in the call of God on your life. So let me encourage you in your relationships. Make a decision to begin to tell people what you're thankful for in their lives. 
Try it. And I think you'll like it. Second point of the power of a thankful heart is number two. It allows you to experience intimacy with God. It allows you to experience intimacy with God. The key in my life, my personal journey with God is is being able to be in his presence. And thankfulness for me was the key to that. For me, God's presence was, was what's, what has sustained me. Yes, the word is a part of my daily life, but his presence has continued to sustain me. It drew me closer to himself, and my heart was moved, and I experienced the reality of a real God. From the age of 17, I had this hunger. I, I just really did. I don't know why. I just had this hunger for God's presence. And so I wanted to be in God's presence. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play the guitar so that I can be in God's presence. I can worship him. Not to be on stage. Not to record on an album. But to play and sing for the one who saved me. That's why I ever did it. I don't know if you're aware of this. I used to be a worship pastor. I was actually a worship pastor here at the church for a few years. I, I led worship for a a ministry called Promise Keepers, and I did that for a few years with them. But I never picked up a guitar and decided to sing because I wanted to be in front of people. I picked up a guitar and sing because I was so grateful and thankful for a God who would save me and love me, and I just wanted to be in his presence. That's why. The only reason, the only reason why I went to Bible college was not so that I could be a, a preacher or stand on a stage or, or preach behind a pulpit. The only reason I decided to study the Word of God is because I was so thankful for His love for me, and I wanted to know Him more. And the more I got to know His Word, the more I got to know Him, the more I got to know Him, the more thankful I was for what He's done in my life, the more thankful I was, I was for what He's done in my life, the more, the more intimate I became, I became with Him. And thankfulness just began to pour out of my life. And then, then it experienced me for it allowed me to experience God's presence and allowed me to hear the secrets of God's heart. If you want to be in God's presence, begin to be thankful for everything he's done for you. That's why David said in Psalm 100, he said this, enter his gates, God's gates, with thanksgiving and his courts praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. If you want a revival in your life, begin to thank God for all the great things that you have in your life. It will do something in you. In the message out of Psalm 100, I love this passage, how, how he wrote this. Enter, enter the presence of God. Enter into God's presence with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, t- talking praise, thank him and worship him. This is very powerful. If you want a closer relationship with God, if you want to feel his presence in your life, begin to be thankful in all circumstances and you will begin to experience intimacy with God that you have never had before. The third point of the power of a thankful heart is it helps you stay on God's path for your life. This is the question all of us have. God, what's your will for my life? God, am I in God's will? What, what, do I need, what do I need to do to be in God's will? A thankful heart is a posture of faith that trusts in the goodness and the sovereignty of God regardless of the circumstances. And we are, when you are thankful in all circumstances, you won't have to doubt whether you're in God's will or not. If you're giving thanks to God in every situation, th- this is what you will know. I, I'm in the center of God's will because a thankful heart allows you to hear God's voice where, when you are walking in difficult circumstances. So many people 
And, 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 and this is the truth. So many people, when things get tough, when, when their road gets difficult, they bail. They hit the eject button. I'm out of here. People leave marriages. People leave churches. People leave ministries. People leave friendships. When people get, when things get tough, the ungrateful bail. If all you see is what is wrong, if all you see is what is difficult, if all you see is what you don't like, and all you do is complain, you will start to doubt the path that God has, on, has you on, and you're going to start questioning everything that God's doing in your life. A thankful heart says, God, I trust you. I trust your goodness, God. An ungrateful heart doubts God's goodness. A thankful heart trusts in the sovereignty and the goodness of God regardless of the circumstances. An ungrateful heart doubts God's sovereignty and doubts God's goodness. And when you walk in this thankfulness, when you walk in this understanding, God, I'm going to be thankful. It's going to help me stay on your path for, for my life. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to, to wonder. You don't have to question because a thankful heart allows you to hear God's voice, allows you to rest. Do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? That's not a good valley David's talking about there. I will fear no evil. For my God, you are with me. There's this assurance and thankfulness, even in a valley of death, that God is with me. And a thankful heart says, God, in the valley of the shadow of death, my God is in control of my life. I will thank him for it. And a thankful heart keeps me from being tossed about by the waves of life. A thankful heart is anchored to the truth that God is good. His word is good. His word is true. And even if I can't see it, I'm, he's going to help me to stay on course because God will be with me. God is sovereign and I give thanks to him because I actually believe in Romans 8, 28 that even though things don't look like they're going good, he's going to use all things for my good and everything the enemy has sought out for my evil. Guess what? My God's going to turn it around for good. It's just a matter of time. He's going to do it. That's a thankful heart. So it allows you to be joyful in a very difficult journey. A thankful heart, number four, the power of it, hinders Satan's influence in your life. I think this is one of the most um, missed opportunities for us believers. Man, we like to chase the devil all over the place. But here's the truth. Thankfulness is a wall to Satan's influence in your life. And I'll prove it to you. The devil's number one goal is to get you off track and to get you off of God's plan for your life. He doesn't do that by obvious landmines along the way. Maybe sometimes he does. But he does it by messing with your emotions. He does it by getting you to believe a lie. He does it by, by tweaking you and I'm mad and I'm angry there by golly I'm going to be mad and angry and what happens it gets you off course from what God has for your life. His desire is to get you angry to get you freaked out to get you upset to get you suspicious of everybody everything every leader you know anybody in church the usher the greeter the, every, I mean, everybody's against me all the time. You ever been with somebody driving down the road? They think everybody is out to race them and get them to the race. What are you doing? Well, they're trying to do this and they're trying to. No, chill out, bro. No, they're not. 
The enemy wants to get you irritated and discouraged and offended. He likes to get you jealous and envious and greedy and lustful. He likes to do all these things, and he knows what your trigger is. He's been watching you. He's been following you. He's figured out how to push your button, and then he does it. And if he does, you're going to get angry. You're going to lose your joy. He's going to begin to work in your life. You're going you're, you're to lose your peace. You're going to lose your love. You're going to lose your connection with God. And he, then he pushes the button, and that's what happens. And when you begin to feel your flesh begin to complain, begin to feel yourself to be negative or feel the pressure of the enemy, begin to thank God for his goodness in your life. Lord, I thank you that I have a car that someone can cut in front of. <laughs> begin to worship God with a heart of thankfulness. If you, if you need $2,000 by next Tuesday, begin to thank God for the $1,200 in your bank account. God, thank you for $1,200. Thank you for my job. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. Now, Lord, you know I need $800, but I'm thanking you for the $1,200. Or I'm thank, maybe you need $2,000, you got $2. Well, thank you for the $2. Whatever it is, begin to lift your voice. Begin to thank God. And this is what it'll do. It will... It will, it will Kind of squish your flesh to get it back into place. Because, man, our flesh likes to run wild. We just, and, and we like to make excuses for it. And we say, well, I just felt it, so therefore I did it. So? Don't do it. Listen, we have two beautiful children. When they were three, they felt a lot of things and that they should not have done. What if we just would have made excuses? And I think for us as the body of Christ, maybe we should apply the same things we do to our toddler's flesh as we do to our flesh when we're 40, 50, 60, and 70. In other words, hey, knock it off. You guys with me? And be thankful. You ever sat down to a meal with, with your child? And, I don't like that. Well, you're going to eat it anyway. And just you moms who cooked and slaved and, I don't like it. And they pick their food, fling it across their room. Mom's like, mm, that just blesses my heart. I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> Thankfulness is powerful. And in the middle of things that it's difficult, we thank God and we say, we get a perspective. God, thank you. You're going to teach me something through this difficult time. You can teach me love because I need it. I can learn, you know what, Lord, this isn't that big of a deal. Man, God, forgive me. I have just been making a mountain out of a molehill. And now when I look back, it's put all these relationships in jeopardy that I've had for years of my life. And I let that one, that one thing that I didn't like. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm thankful for what you're doing in my life. When we, when we have a thankful heart, we realize I can learn. It's not about me. It's not about what I need. And Lord, instead of being, and for me, it's like, God, I don't want to be irritated with that person. God, I'm going to pray for that person. God, I'm going to thank you for that person. I'm going to thank God for you, God, what you're doing in my life. I'm going to thank God for, for where you're working in our, in our family. 
If we learn to thank God in everything, you develop a protective wall of thanksgiving in your life, a wall of praise around you that frustrates the enemy, and he cannot penetrate it. Because no matter what he does, you're just going to go, well, thank you, God. I, God, thank you that you're working even when this, this situation is difficult. God, thank you that even in the diagnosis of, of, of this, this health thing, God, I don't see it and I'm hurting and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, I have a lot of fear. But God, thank you that you are going to meet me in the midst of this pain. Thank you, God. Lord, thank you. I'm going to put my trust in you. And I'm going to praise you in every situation. And if you choose to do that, there's no way the enemy can break through in your life. Will not happen. The fifth power of a thankful heart is it paves the way for God to move in your life. A thankful heart is the highway that God uses to move in our lives. It's good and it's right to thank God when, when God does something amazing. You should thank God. But it takes faith to thank God before he does what you need him to do. That's called faith, and faith pleases God. Faith is thanking God before the answer comes. Faith is, is, is not looking at your circumstances and saying, oh God, you've given up on me. No, it's that God, I thank you that you're gonna, there's a gap here and you're gonna meet me here. It's kind of like the story of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, they were in jail. And they were thrown in there because they were preaching the gospel. And they had delivered this, this precious woman from a demonic spirit. And by doing that, they, it, it, took, it took her power of telling the future away. And the people who owned this girl, she was a slave, lost their income from it. And so Paul and Silas were thrown into jail. And, and they're there. And you should read this out of Acts 16. It's, it's really amazing. But there they are in jail, and all of a sudden they got handcuffs on them. There's a guard around them, and they decided, you know what, we're just, okay, okay. Paul, can you just believe that God would allow this to happen in our lives? No, they didn't. They didn't sit around and say, can you believe that God, you know, we were preaching the God, we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. Now, how could God do this to us? How could God abandon us? How could God, here we are this stinky, rat-infested, urine-smelling jail, and, and all these people around, I can't believe God would, would ever have me do that. Look, man, my parents raised me better than ever, ended up in a jail, and here I am, and I can't believe it. No, they didn't say any of that. They said, you know what? Let's begin to thank God. And they began to worship. And they began to lift their voices in the midst of their trial, in the midst of their valley of the shadow of death, in the midst of a very difficult situation. They didn't allow bitterness to come in. They weren't mad at the guard. They weren't mad at the government. They weren't, they weren't freaked out. They weren't upset that the, the president was this person or was a Democrat or was a Republican. They weren't upset that things didn't work out the, the, in the best way possible. They just sat in the jail and thought, you know what? When things are difficult, I'm going to praise the Lord and I'm going to thank Him. So in the midst of a horrific situation around midnight, 
with the stench of the prison in their nostrils. They began to worship, Lord, I thank you for your goodness, oh God. I thank you for your kindness towards me. Lord, I'm going to praise your name. No matter what, God, I'm going to praise your name. In the jail with the rats, I'm going to praise your name because you're worthy, oh God. I'm going to thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And I, I choose to worship you. Even if I never leave this place, God. Even if you never come through, I'm going to worship you because I'm thankful for your love for me, Lord. And they began to worship God. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that an earthquake began to shake. And the chains fell off. And the prison door came open. And the Lord met them. And they began to thank God before the answer ever came. It paved the way for God's answer in their life. And that's for us today, the power of a thankful heart. It can bring you into the presence of God in a way you've never experienced. It can protect your heart from bitterness, from unforgiveness, from the pain that I'm not mitigating the pain. I'm not saying your pain isn't real. I'm not saying it shouldn't hurt. But the, 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 a, a thankful heart it's the bit in the mouth of your emotions that allows you to still experience emotions, to still grieve, to still be angry and sin not, to still be disappointed. But a thankful heart is the bit in the mouth of your emotions and your flesh that keeps it in check and keeps you from sinning. A thankful heart allows God to move and do miracles in your life. This is the power a thankful heart. A thankful heart helps for, to heal your relationships. It helps bring unity in your, in your marriage. It helps bring unity in, in, in a church. It helps bring unity. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for my spouse. I'm thankful for my kids. And it just softens your heart. And then you begin to experience the joy that you desperately want. You desperately need. And you begin to experience the life that Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and have it to the fullest. So in this season, let's all make a decision. Lord, I want a thankful heart. Help me to have a thankful heart. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.